1: You're a 415er, you're a 415er, 415. er 415 4-1-5. er you are all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be
0: for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415er. Hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the 415ers Podcast, Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game, three times a week. Download, rate, subscribe. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy, Mark, my man. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Evan. Gearing up for another week of Niner football. We have a lot to talk about before we get to the Niners' next matchup, which should be a fun one. We'll talk more about that later, but I'm doing well, Evan. How are you?
0: I'm doing good yeah it's a little little Christmas hangover a little boxing day hangover I didn't do any shopping like many of the Brits tend to do on the 26th but it was a uh it, it was a solid couple of days I know it's only been uh, about 48 hours since we last spoke but it seems like there has been um a lot of eggnog maybe spiked eggnog flowing well, around some of the, the 49ers of you know uh circles so to speak because there's there's been a lot that's been talked about in a week that Like, I don't know about you, Mark, but I kind of think of this week after Christmas as sort of a like a dead week in sports. You know, generally you have the basketball game on Christmas. You have the NFL game, whoever you watch on Christmas Eve, and then you kind of chill for a week until the next NFL game. But that's not necessarily the case, as we've heard from this week.
1: True. Uh, You do have a college football bowl season going on. I will say that the camellia
0: bowl was riveting.
1: I mean, we're recording this Tuesday evening for publish on, on Wednesday morning. So if you listen on Wednesday, Ducks versus Tar Heels in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego today. What do you think?
0: So, Mark, actually, I, I this does bring up a point. Uh, so I was in San Diego last week for the holidays. Some of you watching on YouTube might have noticed. This week, I'm back. But I was supposed to originally be in San Diego this week, and I was supposed to be to be going to the Holiday Bowl, which is kind of a family tradition of mine. Oh, so I won't get to see the Ducks, nor am I too unhappy about it. But I was supposed to do it, which I felt like you'd appreciate.
1: I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Hopefully, the Ducks make you regret that decision. I know you're back home working, We're kind of out of your hands, but uh, hopefully, it was a—it's quite a show put on by the Ducks, and, and you wish you could have been there to see a historic performance. That's what I'm hoping
0: for. Well, apparently I'm going to get another year to watch uh, Bo Nix. So we can all look forward to that.
1: (laughs) Anyways, let's get on to the real point of the podcast.
0: Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks that people give a damn about uh, Brock Purdy and the the 49ers this week, you know, obviously the the riding high eight wins in a row, Washington. uh, Go check out last episode, wherever you download your podcast to hear the reaction to the 3720 Victory for the 49ers and what Brock Purdy did with the defense did what Kyle Shanahan did. But this week on Kyle Shanahan's typical conference call, he gets together with a lot of reporters who ask him questions about all everything that's going on generally that has to do with the team right now. But there was a question towards the end of the conference call posed by NBC Sports Bay Area's own Matt Mayoko that asked Kyle Shanahan about his future. Thoughts on the quarterback situation because obviously the 49ers have a ridiculous amount to think about when it comes to the quarterback moving on next year. When it, you know, maybe Trey Lance, maybe Brock Purdy, maybe someone, Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe someone else who who knows? So he asked him basically, Have you thought about it at all? and Kyle Shanahan, and in very Kyle Shanahan (laughs) fashion, responded, Well, you know, by the end of a football season, I don't even know what year it is. so I haven't given one thought, you know one not one iota towards next season and who's going to be our quarterback. So I, I'm curious, Mark, because I know a lot of people were talking about this on social media. like what was your first reaction when you either saw the quote or heard from Kyle Shanahan his response?
1: Well, I think there's like two different halves to this answer. when you hear the question, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm you know, you piqued my interest. What is Kyle Shanahan going to say about this? And he starts it off by saying what you said. Uh, I don't even know what year it is after the season ends. I'm just trying to get him ready for the next day of practice is essentially what he said to start. And You're like, all right, that's the normal Kyle Shanahan answer. Like, he's going to try to write it off. He, he's not going to, I don't know, say anything that would make you think that it's something, you know, that is – rattling around in Kyle Shanahan's head. Uh, So that was my first thought. Like, okay, that's just the normal answer. Like, no big deal. He didn't really say anything that I didn't expect. You know, he gave the right answer. Whether or not he's telling the truth is kind of beside the point here. It's what I expected. But then what he says next, where he says, that's a great question. But honestly, I don't look ahead like that. I think he kind of talked himself into an issue here because he was trying his best to to write it off, not make it a big deal. And then one line, four questions or four words. That's a great question. And suddenly lights the whole Niners Twitter world on fire. Everyone is is thinking, oh my God, this is a, a thing that Kyle Shanahan's already thinking about. What does it mean? Does it mean that Jimmy Garoppolo's gone? Does it mean they're going to trade Trey Lance? And suddenly uh through you know, the, the fault of, of a couple of words and, and the choice from Kyle Shanahan, he's made a, a story out of it. Now he'll probably scoff at it and say, well, it's not a big deal anyway. Uh, but I think his goal was to, you know, just write it off, avoid the question entirely, but he didn't quite do that. And, and now suddenly this is our number one topic today, uh, which it should be because Brock Purdy is, has played well enough to, to raise these questions. You can't not talk about it at this point, but you didn't really expect the head coach of the football team to say that which raises it all uh, for for the rest of us
0: yeah i think you're spot on mark brock purdy for the first part has played himself into this conversation credit to him second part of that is i also think you're correct that kyle shanahan believed this was a throwaway quote when he kind of i think it might have even been the last question of his conference call the last answer So it was towards the end. He'd already done 10 minutes. And yeah, I don't really think about it. I'll just, you know, but great question. Appreciate it.
1: The funny thing is whoever it is that manages the call, someone on the Niners communications or or PR staff, I apologize. I'm I'm not sure who it is by name. uh, Two questions before, or I guess three questions before said, all right, two questions left. Two more questions were asked, and then Matt Mayoko at the end tries to jump in as whoever is managing the call says, All right, thanks for your time, everybody. But Mayoko jumps in and gets the last question in, and they let it go. And then Kyle Shanahan answers it that way. So it could have all been avoided, Evan. It could have all been avoided if, if the Niners communication staff were a little more heavy handed, but they let Matt Mayoko get that last question, and, and now we're here.
0: Avoided or not, it was going to be asked at some point, whether it was before the end of 2022 or at the beginning of 2023, whatever part of next year, it was going to be asked at some point. So I'm, I am am glad that it was because, one, and I actually think Kyle Shanahan in a way is was glad it was asked because, one, he thought it was a great question, but two, he can also get on the record of trying to diffuse it right now and put it on the back burner for whenever this season comes to an end. But I also think this, if you have a starting quarterback that is unequivocally your guy. Like if you know you have Aaron Rodgers or going back a Ben or a Drew Brees. I'm thinking of quarterbacks that had their season shortened by injury, and at the end of the year, the you know fill-in quarterback does a pretty good job. Maybe not as good as the job that Brock Purdy's doing, but there's two things: one, that question is not asked; two, mm-hmm. that question. Would, if asked, be answered with, Oh, yeah, we got Aaron, we got Ben, we got Drew coming back next year. I haven't thought about it. The fact that Kyle Shanahan, one, addressed the question, what great answer or not, you know, whatever his, his initial response was, but also did not immediately put a pin in it by saying, Haven't really thought about it. And I'm sure he hasn't. I believe he's telling the truth. Like He hasn't thought about his quarterback room for next year. But the fact that he doesn't have a 100% answer or a name, first and last, means that there is something there. And I think everyone expects something to be there because of how Brock Purdy has played. And Mark, when we're thinking about the future of the quarterback position in San Francisco, Brock Purdy is going to be a part of that future. Now the question is will he be QB1 or will he be QB2 or QB3 depending on what happens this off But there's no doubt in my mind by Kyle Shanahan I he didn't even dodge it but he just, you know, was kind of off the cuff discussing it. He gives credence to the fact that there will be a conversation this off season of who is going to be his quarterback in the future.
1: Yeah, by saying that's a great question, he's admitting, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the future holds. And you're right, he probably hasn't spent much, if any time, thinking about it yet. But it's going to be something that requires his attention for almost the entire offseason to try to figure out how to handle this. Um, I'll ask you, Evan, these three names, Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, Who is most likely of those three? Pick one. Pick the most likely of those three to be on the Niners roster next year as a quarterback.
0: The one that's most likely? Yes. Trey Lance.
1: Really? I think it's Brock Purdy.
0: I would say the one at this point that's most likely to start would be Brock Purdy.
1: Interesting.
0: But the one that's most likely to be on the team is Trey Lance. I would say that's the safest bet just because of – His contract, what he's owed, what they spent to get him. He'll be on the team. Now, I don't know if he'll be the starter, but he'll be on the team.
1: I don't know. I I think the way that that Brock Purdy is playing uh, and considering what they they drafted, where they drafted him, uh, even if he plays, you know, he has a good rest of the season. One, they're not going to be looking to trade, and they're certainly not going to cut him. They're not going to get a ton back for him. A tr- I'm not I'm not suggesting they should try to trade Trey Lance either. I'm just saying I think them trading Trey Lance is probably more likely than them trading Brock Purdy, which for me, I think is why Brock Purdy might be the most likely to be on the team next year. I understand your point. All of the resources they have put into Trey Lance, it, it, it makes it difficult for a team to... I don't know, just cut all ties. And because at that point, you're basically admitting fault that this was a mistake. This was wrong. We made a bad decision. Um, But at some point, that all goes out the window when you realize that you might have the guy that you've been waiting for in Brock Purdy. And I'm not saying that he's going to be a a future all pro or, or anything like that. But I mean, he's obviously done fantastic work in limited time so far in this system. Uh, I think the one thing we can agree on is that Jimmy Garoppolo and just by virtue of his contract status, he is far down that list by far the least likely to be on this roster next year. I would be shocked if he returns to the 49ers. What they'll probably tell him is, hey, Jimmy, if you want to be a second string at best and, and take a really, really small contract, sure, we would love to have you once again. But that's that's all that is possible with Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers this offseason. But I think it Purdy and, and Lance are, are going to be the one and two in some order. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo is probably on his way out the door.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. Jimmy Garoppolo is the odd man out, not because of him, but because of honestly what he's played himself into this year, which is likely a contract worth more money than he would be able to get in San Francisco somewhere else. Now, I mean, who knows? Like, I I would encourage Jimmy Garoppolo. He's 31 years old. This may be the last chance he has to go get a bag or a big contract worth multiple years and large figures somewhere else. I would encourage him to go somewhere and get that money. But maybe he also, like last year, decides, you know, maybe there's not a suitor out there that I feel comfortable enough signing with. And I'd be willing to take a $6 million potential prove-it deal. And I... I'm I putting myself in Jimmy Garoppolo's shoes. I feel like I can beat out Brock Purdy or Trey Lance for the starting job. Now, I think you and I both think that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I do agree that of the three quarterbacks, if you had to pick two to be on the roster next year, it sounds like we're both on the same page. It's Brock Purdy and Trey Lance.
1: Yeah, and why wouldn't it be? It's something we've talked about a lot. You know, this season uh, after the Christian McCaffrey trade, when they added another contract uh, contracts, not bad at all this year for the 49ers. But in the future, the number goes up, uh, which makes it, you know, not necessarily impossible. We've, we've seen a lot of salary cap gymnastics by teams trying to win Super Bowls. The Niners are the most recent one trying to do it. The Rams did it successfully the last couple of years. It's coming back to bite them Now with uh, injuries to their veteran stars and and no draft picks and, and really bloated contracts right now, they can't do much about it. But for the 49ers who have a lot of stars and not necessarily aging stars, there are some, but a lot of their key players are still on the younger side, but are just now getting paid. If you can save money at the quarterback position and still be a good, really good Super Bowl quality team, you're going to do it. So, to your point, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get a bigger offer somewhere else. Now it's not going to be as big as we thought it might have been, say, around what, week twelve, week eleven before he got hurt when he was playing really good football, because now you add another relatively major injury to his ever-growing list of injuries, and it probably becomes harder to stomach paying him twenty-five, close to thirty million dollars a year for some other team. He's still going to get more on an offer from some other team than he will from the 49ers. However, you do have to remember that this last offseason, with with everything that happened, he wanted to be a 49er, even as the second-string quarterback. So maybe he'd be willing to take less and come back in a similar role. Who knows? But the point is, if he is a 49er in the future, again, he's taking less money, which means the Niners, in their quarterback room, still will be relatively cheap which is what their goal should be at this point because of all the talent that they have because of the fact that Nick Bosa is going to demand a gigantic contract probably this coming off season. If you follow the trend, how Niners do their business, they give them their that contract extension as they're entering the final year of their rookie deal. That's what will happen with Nick Bosa this coming off season. It happened with Debo Samuel last off season. George Kittle Got big money. Brandon Ayuk is going to be due big money at some point in the relative soon future. So there's a lot to consider for the 49ers. But the baseline has uh, been, is currently, and will always be. If you can save money at the quarterback position, do it. And that is why Jimmy Garoppolo likely is gone. Brock Purdy, in my opinion, is a lock to be on this roster next year. Trey Lance probably there as well because he's still so young. But Brock Purdy is the ultimate bargain at the quarterback position, and the Niners need it.
0: This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network and 95.7 The Game. Please feel free to download, rate, and subscribe. Five stars are appreciated. It's a Christmas season. Throw us a bone. Come on. It's the holidays. I mean, okay, so, Mark, uh, number one, Aaron Donald, I think, is the highest paid defensive player in the league, $30-ish million dollars a year. Oof. I would assume Nick Bosa is probably going to get a little bit more than that, and he probably deserves it based on the eventual DPOY that he's going to get at the end of this year, entering his prime. But when it comes to Brock Purdy, this is a quarterback that has, by his own merit, by product of being in a fantastic situation by being in the perfect storm and being ready for the moment, maybe most important of all has created a, a scenario for the 49ers where they legitimately got to think about kind of their quarterback hierarchy going into next year. So we've established that Jimmy Garoppolo in this hypothetical is not going to be a part of that. I don't think he will, although who knows? I mean, we thought he was going to be gone a year ago and he's not. So you
1: can't kill him. You just,
0: (laughs) you can't kill Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't injure him, but you can't, (laughs) but you can't kill him. So Jimmy Garoppolo is out. Brock Purdy, Trey Lance. Peter King said earlier today, as we're recording this on, on Tuesday, for all of those of you here on Wednesday, Peter King said earlier today that if Brock Purdy plays in the next six games, that would put him in the Super Bowl, and that would make him the, unequivocal starter for 2023 so it's kind of a two-parter but do fans out there really think that the 49ers would move off of a quarterback who helped them get to a Super Bowl first I mean I, I yes if Brock Purdy gets you to the Super Bowl win or loss He's probably your starter going into next year, unless Trey Lance takes a Josh Allen type leap in the offseason, which I don't think he's capable of doing right now. But like, it it, it is wild to think about how far Brock Purdy will have. He, he, he may have improved his stock more than any other quarterback in the history of football in a single half of a season in his rookie year. I mean to go from the last guy picked in the draft to maybe your starter for a Super Bowl contender, winner, loser, runner-up team. Like the Niners are at this point, when it comes to quarterbacks, they're just like rewriting the books. I mean, th- these guys are just—it's—it's it's strange to think about, and it's hard to to kind of put into perspective just because we've n- we've never seen it before.
1: Yeah, we're we're trying to handicap the future of the Niners' quarterback position. But the reality is, I mean, we tried to do the same thing last year, you know, at this point, what happens if they make a run? Is Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, still going to be the starter or is Trey Lance going to take over? And of course, every like every single week, just a new turn in this quarterback saga for the 49ers. So, the reality is, Evan, we're doing our best efforts to try to make sense of what this quarterback situation will look like in the offseason and into September and October and into the season next year. The reality is, we're probably missing a lot of really important, strange things that will just happen because that's what happens for 49er quarterbacks. So, you know, we we look back at this conversation in five months and we're gonna be like, well, of course we were way off because we missed X. Something crazy happened and it's going to flip this whole situation on its head. Um, but I think if this is a relatively normal offseason, which the Niners have not been afforded recently, let's say that Brock Purdy goes to the Super Bowl, Niners win, Niners lose. Doesn't really matter, you know, what what Peter King said, as long as he gets the team to the Super Bowl. He's going to be the team starter heading into the 2023 season. I honestly think I disagree. I think first of all, it depends how he performs in the postseason, not just wins, but how is he playing? Is it similar to the 2019-2020 postseason one uh, run? Excuse me, when Jimmy Garoppolo barely even needed to throw the ball before the Super Bowl? Does that matter at all? I almost think unless Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl MVP, throws for 300 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and they knock off the Chiefs. Unless he does that, I think it's an open competition between him and Trey Lance heading into training camp next year. I think the Niners still feel that much of an obligation to Trey Lance that unless Brock Purdy sets the world on fire in the postseason, it will be an open competition. That does not mean Brock Purdy won't win the job and still will be the starter from week one, but I'm not sure we'll hear Kyle Shanahan come out and say, there's no competition here. Purdy is our starter, unless he goes on an epic postseason run.
0: But in an open competition, doesn't there have to be someone that gets the benefit of the doubt? Like, I mean, they're kind of two different quarterbacks in a way. I mean, Trey Lance is supposed to be, big arm athlete. I know he's supposed to be a pocket passer. Didn't really demonstrate himself to be so far in his career, but you look at Brock Purdy and when it comes to Kyle Shanahan, I I'm almost leaning towards Brock just based on the fact that like, okay. So if, if you lay out Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo on paper, Jimmy Garoppolo this year had a one Oh seven quarterback rating Brock Purdy's 110, and in the games that he started, Jimmy Garoppolo completed 67% of his passes. Brock Purdy's completed 68% of his passes. Yards per game. Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown for, in his starts, about 210 yards per game. I believe Brock Purdy is at like 212. Like, they are on paper exactly the same. And the eye test would tell you that the offense is far more explosive with Brock Purdy. Their points have been way up since going to him. If that's the case, Kyle Shanahan's already shown you that he is—he's very comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo. So why wouldn't he be more comfortable with a, let's just put it as like a younger version, but slightly more athletic, maybe not as accurate, but maybe a better arm, and he can stretch the field a little bit more. Why wouldn't Kyle Shanahan put Brock Purdy as, you know, let's say, QB? one in Trey Lance QB 1A when it comes to an open competition next year?
1: Maybe. Uh, I would ask you in a similar vein, if if Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo are so similar, uh, what's to say, who's to say that Kyle Shanahan won't make the same decision as he did this most recent offseason when he crowned Trey Lance as the starting quarterback without any real competition? I mean, part of that was because of Jimmy Garoppolo's contract status and they were going to go into the season with Nate Sudfeld as their number two, uh, and then you know, Purdy as the three, and then the Garoppolo stuff happened, and, and Purdy beat out Sudfeld, and Purdy was the three, Garoppolo the two, and Lance the one. But certainly if if Kyle Shanahan was having his doubts about Trey Lance and thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was far and away the better option for his team, they would have tried to sign him. Harder throughout or part of me, they wouldn't have tried to trade him throughout the offseason and there wouldn't have been all that drama. He would have said, hey, Jimmy, you're still our guy. You took us to the NFC Championship game. Congrats. You bought yourself another year while we wait for Trey Lance to develop. Uh, But he didn't make that decision. He gave the starting job to Trey Lance. He tried to trade Jimmy Garoppolo because he was most likely very comfortable with Trey Lance. Now it didn't work out this season because of an injury, but who's to say he doesn't make that same decision again. I mean, to your point, Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy have been relatively similar now a small sample size. And I think I do agree with you that Purdy has been a little more dynamic because he is a bit of a better athlete. The offense has been more explosive. I think a big part of that is Christian McCaffrey. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't of a, didn't didn't have the opportunity to play with McCaffrey for most of his starts this season. So McCaffrey certainly is a part of that, but I would just simply ask you what's stopping Kyle Shanahan from making the same exact decision he made last off season, again, this coming year.
0: And to that, I would rebuttal. Well, if Jimmy Garoppolo was under contract the entire summer and had the opportunity to go through OTAs and mini camp and training camp, Maybe he would have been the day one starter. Maybe. I mean, the you know, after he took over, unfortunately, during week two against Seattle and then the week after against Denver and then after that, he you know, reports are coming out and he was saying, hey, look, I, you know, I haven't really had a chance to get my feet wet in this offense. It's slightly different. And I'm basically going through training camp during the regular season. So I, I understand what you're saying and, and I totally get it. Like, why wouldn't Kyle, you know, Kyle Shanahan has already quote unquote started the lesser quarterback already. So why wouldn't he give Trey Lance another chance? And that's, that is why I do think, and why I said at the beginning of our episode that Trey Lance is to me, the most surefire guy to be on the roster because he's already given Trey the benefit of the doubt before this next year, the question becomes, well, did Kyle learn his lesson or has Brock Purdy beaten into him based on what he does the rest of this year? Enough to the point where Kyle's like, not that we're giving up on Trey, but we, we just, we got lucky. Like we found this guy who was a diamond in the rough and he's shown himself to be the best quarterback for this team. A team that is going to face some tough decisions this off season. And we'll break this down coming up, but just off the top of my head, like Jimmy Ward's going to be a free agent. Um, You know, the fact you got to pay Nick Bosa a boatload of money is probably going to force you to constrict some other positions, penny pinch in different spots. Maybe you don't have as good of a roster as you do this year for Brock Purdy to step into. And maybe you counteract that with not bringing Jimmy back. Like there's a lot that financially, a lot of holes or hoops that they'll have to jump through, but I'm just thinking like, okay, so Trey Lance, Brock Purdy. Now, you know what your quarterback room is going to look like next year. Third quarterback be damned. I think the Tom Brady conversations off the table. Aaron Rodgers is probably off the table. Jimmy Garoppolo would be the most sensible quarterback to to enter the equation, but we kind of wrote him off. So, if you got those two guys, do you think that that is like a a good thing to have the option between kind of your you're proven unknown and you're <laughs> unproven known.
1: Uh it's an interesting question. I think in general if you're talking about your product on the field, how how good your football team is, it's a good problem to have. I think it has the potential to be a little awkward because you have Mr. irrelevant and you know the number 3 overall pick. Like that that could be a little strange. It, It could put the locker room in a tough situation because you have two guys you've, you've, you know, at probably as we look ahead to the postseason, you know, won a postseason game, potentially got to the NFC title game. Who knows if if things go well, you got to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, and you got those wins with the seventh round rookie quarterback. And then on the other side, you have. This guy who was, you know, the chosen one by the organization, who was expected to be the next great quarterback in this storied franchise, who you traded the future for uh, to to get. And it, it could be awkward. It, you know, I think Trey Lance, we talked about this a little bit last week, seems to have a really good grasp on the situation. He's certainly competitive. He's going to do everything in his power to try to to win a starting job again. And and Brock Purdy being a Mr. Irrelevant, I think he has a good sense of how to handle these kinds of situations. Because he never really expected to be this team starting quarterback, at least this early in his career. He certainly had belief, but I'm sure if you could I honestly get an answer from him, he'd say, Yeah, I did not expect this at all. So I, I think they can handle it well, but I think it could put the team or the organization in some awkward spots and will probably you know, see and and hear some of that this offseason when these discussions really start rolling. But purely from a football standpoint, Evan, it's a fantastic problem to have because uh, if what we've seen from Brock Purdy is who he really is, you have a, a quarterback that you can win football games with and you still have the promise of Trey Lance who has all the physical tools you could want has had some bad luck, hasn't always looked the best when you look back and and break down the tape, but certainly has the ability to prove himself. I mean, it's an extremely small sample size for Trey Lance as well. So on the football field, and then jumping backwards really quick, they're both cheap as well. So on the football field, it is a great problem to have, but I will say there is the possibility that things could get a little bit strange inside the locker room when these conversations begin. But overall, I think the Niners are fine with dealing with with that, considering everything that that quarterback room could allow them to do in the future.
0: Yeah, just like you and I, Mark, cheap as hell. Uh, (laughs) This is the 415ers podcast brought to you on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy. Uh, Give us a follow on social. Mark's on Grandy. Mark Grandy. Mark with a C. Grandy with an I. Uh, E. Giddings 10 for myself. Feel free to download, rate, and subscribe. All right, so obviously the the quarterback situation is the wild card moving forward, and especially this year because, look, we're getting ahead of us, ourselves. Kyle Shanahan gave us a glimpse into the unknown by his unknowing of what's going to happen at the quarterback position, understandably. But this year, Mark, I mean, the 49ers have, over the last eight weeks, we talked about it on on Monday a bit, but, like, and only Cincinnati is close when it comes to winning streaks. they won seven in a row 49ers a league the league best eight um but this week and and we, we talked about this before I, I didn't realize it was not as I guess a consensus but my Twitter feed was you know has been kind of geared towards more Bay Area related uh power rankings when it comes to the 49ers and a lot of them that I saw had the Niners at the top even above the Philadelphia Eagles even above the Buffalo bills, the Kansas city chiefs. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Like I, I'm not a, a massive, I'm not a massive Niners guy. Like I, <laughs> I I don't live and breathe Niners football, even though this is what we're paid to do, but I, I, I kind of get it, especially after the weekend where if the one team that you're stacking them up with is Philadelphia and Sure. Jalen Hurts is, is probably going to be back for the playoffs. So you factor him into whatever power ranking you're putting together. But when you're talking about overall rosters, the Niners have gotten healthy and will get a little bit healthier with the return of Debo Samuel, before the end of the regular season, but you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and they just lost their left tackle Lane Johnson for the entire season to an abdominal injury. So, Imagine the 49ers at this point. I'm not saying Lane Johnson is as good as Trent Williams, but he's probably like a top five, four left tackle in the league. If the Niners lost Trent Williams for the year, I think we would look at them differently than being the best or one of the two or three best teams in football. So if you're telling me right now that someone feels that the Niners have a better overall roster, maybe not the, they're not the best team, but the best roster in the NFL right now, I can't refute that especially with the losses that Philadelphia sustained this weekend.
1: Yeah. So the one major power ranking that I saw that had the Niners number one was from NFL.com put together by Dan Hanses, who's an around the NFL writer. He has the 49ers number one overall, had them at number two last week behind the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles lost to the Cowboys. The Niners uh, win over the Commanders was enough to push the Niners up to the number one spot in his eyes. Then the Eagles two, the Bills three, the Bengals four, and the Chiefs rounding out the top five is is those power rankings. Interesting. Most of the other ones that I have seen has the 49ers around the three, four, five spot, still behind the Eagles, and then behind either the Bills or the Chiefs in the AFC as well. But yeah, there is that one. It's it's a major one from NFL.com that has the 49ers number one overall. Whenever uh, we talk about power rankings, I always have to to kind of rack my brain and try to figure out what it is that we're even trying to rank. Are we suggesting that as the Nine Niners are the number one team in the NFL power rankings, are we saying that they've played the best football up to this point in the season? Or are we trying to project into the future? Is this more of a what have they put on paper or more of a where are they headed? I think if you're looking for a where are they headed metric, the Niners certainly can be number one. But I would say they have not had the most impressive season. They have not put the best on paper so far this season. Now, they've been fantastic the last two months. They haven't lost. They've won eight straight games. They're the hottest team in the NFL, yes. But when you consider the season as a whole... I think the Eagles, the Bills, the Chiefs have all put better football on paper more consistently than the 49ers. So if if your power rankings is based on what you've seen so far, I don't think I can agree with the Niners at number one. But if you're trying to project for what's ahead, potentially, I'm not sure I have an issue with that because – it's similar to what a lot of betting markets are saying, what, what Vegas is telling you. The Niners are as good as any team in the NFL. They're going to be favored in almost every single postseason matchup. Maybe it's a pick 'em on the road in Philadelphia. They're going to be favored on the road in Minnesota if that happens. A Super Bowl against the Bills, against the Chiefs, against the Bengals, probably going to be pretty close to a pick 'em. I think the Niners, if you're projecting for the future and that's what you're doing on your power rankings, they're as good as any. They deserve to be one, two, three. But if you are trying to evaluate what teams have been the most impressive so far this year and the season as a whole, I'm not so sure I could put them number one.
0: I think that when it comes to the power rankings, it's all about the now. Actually, I don't, I actually don't think it's about the future or the past. I think it's about the best team right now. That's why the power rankings change every week. And sure. Sure. Could be a prisoner of the moment ranking. Eagles just lost. They had their backup quarterback in. They lost their left tackle. I think they also had their, they lost their slot corner, uh, Maddox, who got hurt. Niners kicked the crap out of Washington. They look like they're riding high eight in a row. Like that, that, to me, is more where the power ranking comes from than, oh, the Niners are projected to be a Super Bowl favorite at this point, or the Eagles have had the best resume to this point. I think to me, it's more about now. And so if you're just like, you wake up on Monday morning or Sunday morning and you wake up on Christmas day after everyone's played and you're just like, <laughs> who's the best team in the NFL? What's the first team that pops into your head? I think for a lot of people right now, it'd be the 49ers.
1: That's fair. I, I, I mean, they've, they've played as good a football as, as any over the last two months. Again, they haven't lost. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, the bills. No, you
0: really like the bills, don't you?
1: <laughs> Josh Allen is incredible, Evan. I, I I can't I can't get over how good he is. But I mean, he's they've all, had some uh, He's what? He's all right. He
0: to All right, Josh Allen is an athletic freak and he is he has some great weapons. He is in uh, they probably the second best offense in the AFC. Actually, maybe the third since he's creeping up. I do like them. Josh Allen makes too many. Ugh, he makes too many turnover-worthy plays for me, Mark. And part of that is because he is so good that he can get away with a lot of them. But it kind of feels like some of those plays and decisions that he makes, especially in the red zone, are going to be the reason why it comes back to bite him. I don't know. That's just me.
1: I don't know. I mean. Their team, I mean, Von Miller losing Von Miller hurts their defense. Uh, they're still incredibly good on both sides of the ball. I would be extremely for, fearful of them if if you were to, to to face them in the postseason. I would rather play the Bengals. I'm not sure I'd rather play the Chiefs. Chiefs and and Bills are are kind of interchangeable in my mind. Patrick Mahomes scares the absolute you know what out he's he's incredible as well and he's had a much more efficient season he hasn't turned the ball over nearly as much as he did last year he's playing better football if if that was even possible I don't know I mean it, back to the, the power rankings thing I think a team that is interesting if we're trying to figure out you know, what does does power rankings even mean? Specifically this NFL.com one that has the 49ers number one overall. I do think you're onto something there with with the the present in the moment. Off the top of your head, who do you think is the best football team in the world right now? San Francisco 49ers. Fair enough. How do you evaluate a team like the Los Angeles Chargers? I think they are an interesting case right now. And I'm not just saying that because I know you have an affinity for, you know, the formerly San Diego team. But but I mean, they're a team who has been beaten up as bad as any all season long, and they're finally starting to get healthy now. They're nine and six, which you know they just they just clinched a spot in the playoffs. They did. Congrat congratulations, Justin Herbert and and the uh, Chargers going to the playoffs for the first time in Herbert's career. They're a, a team to lo- look out for, by the way, in my opinion. I mean, you have a quarterback not like just because Herbert.
0: Herbert went to Oregon or anything.
1: No, not at all. Of course not. But I, I they they're a fantastic team., yeah. obviously, what they've they've put on paper throughout the entire season, not all that impressive. I mean, you know, they've had their struggles. They've been behind a lot. They've they've come from behind and won games that maybe they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have even trailed by ten points against some bad teams, but they come back and win. Nine and six, not a bad record. They're in the playoffs, but it's not this incredible record but now they're playing better. Uh, you know, they clinched a playoff spot. There's two weeks left and they are playing really good football, but is it enough recently, uh, you know, to, to have you wake up this morning and say, Oh my God, they're the eighth best team in the NFL. I'm not sure. To me, that looks more like a projection ahead. It, it looks like, okay, the chargers, they're getting healthier. They're going to get Joey Bosa back. They're finally rounded into form. Justin Herbert and his, his rib cartilage injury, whatever it was, it's healed up. He looks like superhuman once again. They are the eighth best team in the NFL. That's a tough team to try to rank because you have the the giant sample size, which isn't all that impressive. You have some recent inklings that things are, are starting to turn their way, and then you have what the future might hold. I think you kind of mush that all together, and you have, I think relatively fairly a top 10 ranking number eight overall in this NFL.com one that has the Niners in the top spot. Uh, so I mean, it, it really doesn't matter all that much. This is just one man's opinion ultimately, but I think it is interesting how you do break down what is even going into these rankings in the first place.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there and the Chargers are interesting case study and I, I do want to use them to to examine the 49ers because to me, where I start with a, with a power ranking, not that anyone cares, but like I would judge by first conference. So, top of my head, Chargers would be yeah probably fourth. Like they're I think they're better as currently constructed than the Ravens, but the Ravens are probably going to get Lamar Jackson back. So, if you're in the AFC, you have the Bills first, Chiefs second, third would be Cincy. They're playing the best football of any team in that conference right now. And then in fourth place is technically, I think, Jacksonville, who quietly has been playing very, very well over the last few weeks, probably the last month, month and a half. So to me, the Chargers, 9-6, and like they're a slightly better team than Jacksonville. Maybe they aren't playing as well, but they're better, so I'd put them fourth. So if we're looking at that, the NFC, meanwhile, to me, Niners moved into first place this last weekend. So Eagles take a hit. Again, prisoner of the moment. Could be. Niners are first. Eagles, second to me, Cowboys are third. I think the Vikings are a good team, but they're in fourth by process of elimination. So if you're looking at the Chargers, yeah, seventh, eighth, like just off the top of my head, that's probably an appropriate ish ranking. And the Niners, whether they're their first, second, third, also probably an appropriate ish ranking. So, like, I guess that's to peel back the curtain a bit. That's how I would look at power rankings. I don't necessarily, they're not an end all be all. Um, but in the moment, like that's that's how I would kind of put them together. First, each conference, and then maybe you split hairs a little bit between. But the Niners to me are playing the best football of any team in the NFL right now. Part of that is probably because of their schedule, as we discussed on Monday. Like looking back on it, it hasn't been as good as maybe we thought it was in the moment. But then again, you can only beat his in front of you and not only beat, but dominate, which they've done in the last Seven eight weeks for the most part. So, you know that that's how I guess I would look at the power rankings.
1: Yeah, that's understandable. No, I'm with you ultimately. And uh, I mean, regardless, I mean the power rankings. It's fun, and I know fans absolutely love it. And say if the Niners were seventh in someone's power rankings, oh my God, you'd never see the end of it on Twitter. It would be just madness. So. I mean, it is nice to get that recognition from a national source, from someone who doesn't, uh, you know, who isn't in the Niners building every day, from someone who is watching from afar. Uh, And I think it is confirmation, at least for fans, uh, that this is a team that has a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl. I think most of us watching the games week in and week out and seeing what's going on around the rest of the NFL and watching this defense compete, I think we we already knew that, but it is good to see that from from other people from around the league that, that cover this thing as well. So good to see. Ultimately, doesn't mean that much. I know the team could not care less about it. They're obviously so much more focused on themselves and how they go about beating the, the Las Vegas Raiders coming up and then the Cardinals after that and then whoever they have in the first round. Um, but ultimately, it's a symbol that the Niners are one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best. To your point, at least right now. And it means that uh, the Niners have high expectations heading into the postseason. If they fall short, there's going to be some upset fans. But uh, you want that responsibility on your shoulders because it's certainly better than having no expectations.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And hey, we've talked about expectations when it comes to the past, the present, and especially the future over the course of these last 45 minutes. But Mark, that's all the time we got. Uh, Appreciate you as always. And looking forward to the preview episode this upcoming Friday because we do have a lot to talk about with the Raiders.
1: Yeah, I mean, Raiders have been an interesting case study as well all season long, ups and downs, some more downs than ups. But uh, recently that win against the Patriots, that was insane. A lot to talk about with the Raiders, that's for sure, and kind of renewing a Bay Area rivalry, although not really uh, to Bay Area anymore and down in Vegas. But she'll be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, no doubt, and of course, coming up on New Year's Day. So, uh, or New Year's Eve. Is it day or Eve? Forget. Oh, uh, I gotta look that up
1: first. Really quick. Let me check. Hold on a second. I think it's New Year's Day. New Year's Day in Vegas. I'm yeah, because it's sure.
0: on yeah, it's on Sunday. New Year's Day. So, uh, I don't know. We'll be getting after it on New Year's Eve. Niners will be getting after it on New Year's Day. But if... we will talk to you on Friday. <laughs> And that will wrap up this episode of the 415ers. You got something else, Mark?
1: I was just going to say, if you're headed to Vegas to watch that game, good luck getting to the game on time because a New Year's Eve in Vegas followed by a 1 o'clock kick the next day might be some groggy Niner fans getting out of the hotel room trying to make it down to Allegiant. So uh, be responsible. Make sure you get to the game on time. That's all I'll say.
0: Or just just party through the night. Don't sleep. <laughs> Either way, we'll talk to you on Friday. And we appreciate you tuning into this episode of the 415ers podcast, powered by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network on 957 The Game. Mark Randy, Evan Giddings. We'll talk to you next time.